What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? So I'm recording at the Los Angeles International Airport. And I'm recording from somewhere upstate. Wow, 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 here we wow, go. Wow, wow, wow. Truly, truly, truly. Well, ladies, gentlemen, and other, I can say from having seen some of the edits of the Dance and Stuff show that it is a real laugh riot. What, how, long is, how long is the Dance and Stuff show? I don't know, because Jen's segment is the Jen Mari uh, method of tidying up with her special guest is its own feature. So I don't know how long this upcoming episode will be. Wow. But it's all such a mystery to me. I can't uh, wait. <laughs> it's really good. It is it has definitely brought some joy up here. Are you never gonna we, leave upstate? You're just there forever. No, I so this coming Friday we do the spacing and then we do tech on Saturday and Sunday from twelve to ten. Jeremy's set looks so fierce. Uh, what he's chosen for costumes is real good. Jack's messenger, who's doing the lighting, is phenom. Wait, when it when is the when's the premiere? April fourth through the seventh. Okay. So, come up. I think it's going to be. I mean, I have. There's innumerable beds in this house. Wow. I mean, I'm going to probably be able to, like, run up real quick and run right back the next day, but I might also stay at Lindsay Clark's house because she, she lives right nearby. Yes, and get to see the baby. Do you see the baby at work? No, I haven't seen the baby at work, but Lindsay has shown me videos. The baby! And it's my hope that when this, like, goes up, I'll be able to stop by there. Wow. Play with the baby. Yes. How was L.A.? Um, it was good. It was like a whirlwind of Uber rides. Uh, or I, I used a Lyft. Right. I don't know the difference, but, um... Did you try my thing of being on the phone so they would turn the radio off? You know, the rest of the time I was here, they didn't do the thing. The fir- It was just that one ride where the guy was completely out of his mind and wouldn't stop talking to me. Well, you have it in your pocket. Um, but you were on a lot of Lyft rides. Yeah. A lot of Lyft rides. And the amazing thing about Lyft rides in L.A. is that they're, they're like, an, sometimes they're an hour long. And then how much are they? Like 20 bucks. Wow. Yeah. Not in New York. It'd be a cool $60. That's absolutely true. Getting to the airport was $60. Um, yeah. But what else happened? I did fittings. I took... I took class, uh, Cunningham class, because they're staging the solos on the L.A. dancers. I spent a lot of time on the UCLA campus where they're doing the rehearsals, which is, like, heaven. And um, I got to spend time with Kyle Abraham and Todd McQuaid and Ryan Walker-Page and my friend Alexa. Oh, my God. And, uh... And were you like, this is it, I'm moving here, I'm joining Equinox? I, well, incredibly, that was definitely Todd McQuaid's trajectory. I was like, wow, look at your body. Um, Is he an Equinox trainer? He goes to Equinox. He works at UCLA because he got his master's degree there and then got a job working, I think, in programming at the Royce Hall Theater. so good. But he's, you know, really... He told me stories I could not... They were the most unbelievable... Repeat. 
Well, I can say parts of them just without names because I I was sh- completely amazed and shocked. Amazed and shocked. I mean, Todd went, after he danced with Trisha Brown, you know, he like went over to Europe and danced with Sasha Waltz and yeah. came back and did his master's at UCLA and now he works at UCLA. It all sounds like very nice and kind of normal, but along the way, I mean, these stories, it was something else. And I don't know if you recall a person he used to be very close to. <laughs> this is just... Yes, yes, yes I do. That person... I, f- I wish I could be with you in real life to say these words. That person is now like a born-again Christian who is straight, in quotations, and doing faith-based healing. Wow. <laughs> I want to go. To faith-based... I want to get a session. You want to go to faith-based healing? Yeah. I'm up for anything. Wow, now. Jack. I'll try it once. Wow. Isn't that... I'll try that's anything. incredible. Incredible. When it gets into, like, witchy healing, you know... Yeah. It's all energy. It's all energy. I guess it really is. I guess it really, really is. Anyways, I had a wonderful time with Todd. He drove me around and showed me his house. and um, A house. A house, a car, nice weather. L.A. Yep. Yep. Lauren Strongen's brother, Ryan. I saw him on two different days. He showed me around, took me to Silver Lake. We had delicious food, and I left my sweatshirt at the restaurant, but he managed to get it back to me. It's really, it was great. It was great. Uh, did you see the sonogram? Of what? Of Lauren. Oh, my gosh. Lauren she's pregnant? Baby. Yeah. Was it, was it on right? Instagram? Yes. I'm going to check. I hope I'm right about that. <laughs> Can you imagine? Maybe I just saw some, like, someone who was named Lauren. I was like, it's them. I mean, it's been such a fugue state of work up here that I've, you know... The selves and psyches are merging and blending and colliding, so who knows? I don't know if you're right. I do not see a sonogram here. Oh, then I guess I'm wrong. Yeah, that's a crazy thing. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't their baby be so beautiful, though? Stunning. Well, she is doing... Well, she's she's a show coming up soon that we're dancing a lead role, and her family is going up, up to see it, so that's exciting for them. But maybe she's also having a baby. No, no. I mean, maybe it was a dream. Who knows? Um, it really could have been a dream. Wow. Instagram can feel just like a dream, that's... and I'm sure it, you know, invades our psyches. Francis Chung, who is another fellow friend dancer at San Francisco Ballet, is in fact having a baby. Mm. It's Francis. Okay. Could be. Could be. Who knows? Um, so you're about to get in an airplane. Yeah, I'm going to watch movies. I, I, I'm, I'm considering watching Green Book or Bohemian Rhapsody just to, like, go through the stress of, like, trying to understand why. Uh-huh. You know? Because I already did it with A Star is Born, which gave me a little bit of understanding. And you liked it. I really liked the first hour, I have to say. And then yeah. less so... But, yeah, I really did like the first hour. Wait, I'm looking. Um, I have... Keep going. Are you looking at through Lauren's Instagram? I already did that. okay. I'm looking for who else could have a sonogram. Well, I I thought it was a Lauren, but really, it could have been a dream. It really could have been a dream. I have been decompressing after these rehearsals uh, because this is what Jeremy puts on through Sex and the City. And so it's just been all of the seasons of that playing in the background. 
Wow, Jeremy is going. Why did he not do it in the past, or he's just doing it for comfort? Just comfort. Da, 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 da. And we really decided that a really good way to start an upcoming show is with um, da 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 Carrie and me, Samantha. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I just really don't feel like Samantha right now. I feel more oh, like no, um, you... uh, that incredible woman who falls out of the window in that one season. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, New York used to be cool. Chris... Wow. Kristen Johnson. Uh, she's heaven. She's so good. She's in an episode of 555, five, oh, yes. the John Early Caper Lant thing. Yes. I, I watched it and she You did? Was, yes, I did. She was my favorite. Did you enjoy? Um, I liked it. I liked. Did you like the blind episode, the agents? Um, my favorite episode was when John Early is a little a child actor. Oh. <laughs> that was that very was peculiar. My episode. I think my I love the makeup trailer episode. Yes. Has a good art. Has a good art. Very very what it's I like. When Caperland has the, like the full face makeup on and is talking, it is really really hysterical. I also, my favorite scene is when Kate Berlant comes to bring John Early gifts when he's gone blind and he's in the pool, and then he falls off falls off the floaty. Oh, yeah, she's like, I'll just yeah. put this orchid. He falls and off the floaty, please. and then she's she's like, eh, to have him follow the sound of her voice. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Really did. I had to rewind that one. Um, yeah, I was really obsessed with Kristen Johnson as the acting teacher. It was just, you know master class in like tragic comedy acting so incredible yeah beyond really good you're on an airplane I will be getting on an airplane shortly after I leave upstate to go to Austin wow to go to the Fusebuck Festival with Mo Mamey and I've never been to Austin do you love it Reed? I love Austin I've been there a few times to design costumes and I worked with Stephen Mills who's director of Ballet Austin when I was very in my very first year at Ballet Met as just a little 20 year old and I was in his dance called Hamlet and he was totally lovely to us and he is one of the most progressive and and um, thoughtful artistic directors and curators in the country and his company yeah I remember you talking about him when Pam was there yeah because he actually thoughtfully curates the work that his company does he's interested in art yeah. he goes around the country to see shows and, and art and he gets it and he's really a decent person and his company is really good the dancers are really good and they're rigorously trained and they're incredible at working with choreographers and like being true to their styles and Generally, the people of Austin are just kind of amazing. What was it about them that you loved so much? Well, they're all really, it's almost, it's sort of like L.A. They're really chill and like kind of gorgeous. Amazing. But they're, you know, they're more real than the people of L.A. Right, right. Well, they're not Hollywood industry. Like, what are you up to? No. What are you doing? Let's get a coffee at the chateau. It's a real like lifestyle city where people are concerned about quality of life and 
you know, it's where Whole Foods started and it's um it's a good place. I mean the arts funding seems incredible because Fusebox is a festival that has all of these artists come in and then the you, it is offered for free for audiences. So good. And yet, you know, they pay the right artist fee and deal with your flights and get you your, you know, Airbnb or hotel and they've been really lovely. They're really smart, super smart curators. And Steven's been really great um, in terms of assisting because they don't have just a space. So artists come in and they are in different locales through Austin. And I asked for mine to be at Ballet Austin in a rehearsal studio. And that's what's going to happen. It's going to be, it's a beautiful facility they have. You're going to have a wonderful experience. I'm very excited about it. What was your, what were your favorite things to do when you were in Austin? Well, one of my favorite memories, so Oliver Green Kramer um, is a dancer in the company who I knew from when he did a, um, he was in a Lar Lubavitch piece several years ago when he was just freshly graduated from Purchase College. And I put a made a costume for him. But anyways, so then I reconnected with him at Ballet Austin and he would drive me around on his scooter down the like very broad streets of Austin, Texas. And I remember one night he took me to this like um, country line dancing club and we watched people do um, two-stepping and it was really wonderful. And uh, Did you participate? No, I did not. No, I did not. Do you remember when we would go with, I think it was Burr. Yeah, gay country line dancing. Oh my God, I have completely forgotten that until just this moment. I know, we used to do stuff. Yeah, we did. Uh, and now we work, 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 work. Um, it's a real but, work, 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 work. So that was really wonderful about Austin. Um, there's, there's a really nice shopping area in Austin where I bought you... Um, I bought you some trinkets oh. there once. I think that, bl- that black, the black egg the black and the gold egg. shoe, exactly. the bronze shoe. Like those are from Austin. Um, and you also got that coat. I got the jacket that or I jacket. can't stop wearing. Um, yeah, I, I have only. Are we going to move to Austin? Well, when you get back, you let me know and and see what you can wrangle up with Stephen Mills. Wow, Austin, LA, a warmer climate. Yeah, warmer climate where people move a little slower. I'm going to learn to drive this summer because this is not possible without a car. I mean, the distance is traveled on this trip just to get from, like, you know, here to dinner is insane. Yeah, yeah, too much. It's really wild. Um, Too, too much. Aunt Jane had a dinner party while I was here, and I got to... Did George Clooney come? He was definitely there, and we snuggled on the couch, Uh and it was so nice. I bet he smells good. Yeah, it smells like a pine forest. Um, Of course. And, like, really expensive leather. And then um, we... Who was there, though? Oh, I met people working on the West Side Story movie, so I'll let Justin know. And fun. Um, yeah, Ryan Walker Page came to that dinner. My friend Veronica. It was really nice. It was like I was working quite a bit because I was like 
finalizing construction on like 50 costumes and then having to sew right. tags into all of them and you know these things like as they're simple but they take an incredible amount of time did you also practice your solos while you were there I did Andrea had me run my solos yesterday because there were different stagers there like Banu who could give me kind of I love Banu we have to have Banu on the podcast incredible um, but she lives in Santa Fe now. Wow, I want to go to Santa Fe. I know, sad. But anyways, she she was able to give me some different feedback on my solo from Scenario, which was really amazing. And Andrea really helped me with my travelogue solo. And yeah, it was really nice. It was just really, I mean, UCLA, Jack. It's really something else. So beautiful. Wow. That's it. I don't know. All the food here is delicious. Um... And uh, I, I'm sure I'll remember some good stories, but I can't think of anything right now because I'm exhausted. You're exhausted. I'm exhausted. You're in an airport. Should I be excited to get back to New York? What's it like there? Well, I don't know what New York City is like at present. Um, God, it's so loud in an airport. I feel like just being in an airport is enough to give people a panic attack. I think... Panic attacks would make more sense in an airport than on an airplane. Because the way people are screaming over the intercom. I know. They just want you to know. They want to let you know what's going on. It's really like... And it's been like over a minute. She wants to give them all the deets. I don't know what New York City is like, but I can't wait to get home. I can't wait. I'm so ready to be... uh, Where you don't have to like get in a car to go somewhere. Ugh, I love being in cars. I love falling asleep in the driver's, in the passenger seat, and <laughs> not in the driver's seat. Sure. Sure, but like, not when you have to drive to work every day and you can't fall asleep because you're driving. Do you listen to music? Have you been listening to music in the car? You know, I always listen to uh, whatever the classical radio station is. That's ideal. Yeah, that's that's what's always on. A couple, like, two weeks ago, Carmina Burana came on and I was like, whoa. Oh, that's honey, an intense drive. Real afternoon drama. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I need to be able to, like, walk out of the house and just have, like, a encounter with the person at the bodega. You know, it's like, I miss that. I love New York. <laughs> I really do. Though, you know, hearing about L.A., it's like, oh, my God, wouldn't that be fierce? Kind of. Just to live in L.A. and have, like, a perfect avocado and... Well, you know, yeah, just the right pick amount a of lemon food off your tree, and pick a the right cloth, amount of turn exercise. It into jam, you know, yes, amazing. Uh, did you turn cum, any of yeah, Aunt Jane's cum cloths into jam? She made a jam? compote to put on the Japanese cheesecake I made for her dinner party. Wow, that sounds heavenly. Was it nice to see Aunt Jane? I mean, it's always incredible. She's the best. Yeah, she's really amazing. One day we'll have Aunt Jane on the podcast. Absolutely. She has... Hear her side of the event. She has stories. Yeah. Hollywood. So much Hollywood. Hollywood. Wow, 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 wow. Aunt Jane will tell us her incredible story about the night she's been in jail. I love that. That's a, that's a really good setup. <laughs> um, <laughs> what happens when you get back to New York? Um, I'm just going to immediately be launched into finishing up 1,000 things. Trying, you know, f- right. completely finishing up all the N- New York City cast member costumes for the Cunningham event. And moving into all the costumes for our Guggenheim show that happens two weeks after the Cunningham event. 
and then into the two premieres we have at New York City Ballet at the very beginning of May. So it's just um, absolutely insane. Work, 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 work. Work, work, yeah. work, work, work. Oh, also at some point we have to go to Bordeaux, which came upon us very strangely. What? For what? They're doing Paz de la Hoya, a Justin dance, and they were very late in planning how to get everything done. So now, of course, we're going to have to go and help them like while we're busier than we've ever been. Wine country. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be like that. It'll just be wandering through the vineyards and uh, picking a grape, popping them in my mouth, and then having a full panic attack. Oh, truly. Speaking of, I have to go because I have to go teach class. Okay. Time to go teach and then go to rehearsal, but I love you. I love you too. I'm excited to... I'm really excited to one day do an IRL podcast. Yeah, well, maybe when you come upstate next week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. We love you, listeners. I'll give you a movie recap when I get back. Sounds good. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hey, listeners. So, I'm back. I'm back in New York. Uh, New York has welcomed me in uh, true New York fashion. <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. I uh, I was on a plane from L.A., but I landed in New York an hour and a half late. It's not New York's fault. And, you know, things, things were working out. My bag came out of the baggage claim because I had to check a bag because it had uh, dressmaker shears in it, and you can't. You can't bring those through security. And um, my bag came out and I thought, I spent so much money on Ubers in LA. I'm going to go and get on the air train, I, which is the thing I do do regardless of lifts and Ubers. I go up and get on the train. The train is waiting for me. It's all working out. I go to Jamaica. I'm getting on the E-train. It's going to take me all the way home. 15 minutes into my train ride, I think, my gosh, I've never, what are all these numbers? What are these stations? I've never seen them. How can there be so many? So I made a mistake and I looked at my subway map and it seemed the E was going local through Queens. And I thought that was okay. And then I started counting the stops. I made no less than 30 stops to get home. And uh, I landed at 9.10 and I got home at 11.15. And uh, it's cold enough to snow here in in New York, but I'm back home. I've unpacked. I've dealt with the mail. I ate some pasta, and I'm ready to tell you about the movies I saw on the plane. So here's what's happening. So I did it again, and I bit the bullet, and I said, what even are these movies that are winning and being nominated for Oscars that I have no interest in seeing? So I did A Star is Born, and I thought it was half good. And Lady Gaga, I've realized, looks a lot like Greta Gerwig. I'm just saying, have a look. And then, today I said, I'm going to watch Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm going to do it. Rami Malek won an Oscar. I've heard this movie's bad. It was directed by, partially directed by, a bad guy. I start the movie. Movie opens. Rami Malek is uh, Freddie Mercury. He's about to sing uh, at Live Aid in London or somewhere in England, a huge stadium, giant concert for, you know, hunger in Africa in, in, in the old times, in the 80s, early 90s. I don't know. And uh, 
That happens. And then before he gets on stage, we flashback, flashback to the 60s. And we're learning about, you know, Rami Malek lives in this oppressed household and um, he falls in love with this girl and he joins this band because he's precocious. He's got this great voice, blah, blah, blah. Now, from that moment on, the entire movie becomes about the perils of being gay. In fact, the villain of the movie, the main villain is gay and persuades essentially Rami Malek to leave his wife who in this confrontation where Rami Malek goes, you know, I've been on the road and he, I think he's like some kind of managerial person is this gay guy who's always hitting on Rami Malek and kissed him at the piano one night while they were recording an album, whatever. So the woman, oh, he looks at this Mary and he goes, I'm bisexual. And she goes, you're gay, Freddie. And I thought, okay, okay, calm down. And then, so he gets together with this villain who turns out, who breaks up the band through manipulation. And Rami Malek has the most unbelievable, insane prosthetic teeth in his mouth where it looks like he's sucking on a lozenge the entire movie because he is in fact dealing with the biggest fake teeth ever constructed for an actor. I have since getting home, gone back to look at interviews of Freddie Mercury with his strange teeth. And it is not nearly as distracting as Rami Malek with his crazy lozenge teeth. And, um, when Rami Malek finally did grow out a mustache in the film and cut his hair off, what should the band members say to him about his new look other than you look gayer? Okay, so he has his mustache, which actually helps distract from the teeth, from his lozenge teeth. He, he, the savior of the movie is this straight acting gay guy with boundaries who is working as like a caterer at his house one night, who he then, you know, pursued upon finishing the relationship with the evil guy. He gets back together. He gets back together with the band. He says, I'm sorry. He finds the straight acting gay guy who also has a mustache. He brings him to the Live Aid concert. Now, the Live Aid concert reenactment where Queen performs the entire 20 minute Live Aid set is impressive that Rami Malek learned the choreography of this live event is pretty incredible. And though it's a garbage movie with garbage sentiments, um, Rami Malek did do an impressive thing in the end, which, you know, is maybe not more impressive than, you know, a Neil Medlin performance. Uh, but um, nonetheless, he won an Oscar for it. So I'd like to say, I'd like to propose that um, the Academy Award Neil Medlin an Oscar because he deserves it more. And um, so that was Bohemian Rhapsody, which is mostly, you know, those lozenge teeth will haunt my dreams and Rami Malek's um, very small bottom lip. Unusual, right? Anyways, so that happened. And then I was like, I'm going to finish Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, which I had begun on the flight to LA, but I didn't finish it because I, the flight ended or I fell asleep or something. So I can't stand any red mane. Luckily, a lot more people factor into this movie. Jude Law's Dumbledore, 
Johnny Depp is Grindelwald. Uh, Ezra, that kid Ezra something who plays the Flash in the Marvel movies. He is uh, uh, some bad guy who actually happens to be, spoiler alert, the brother, younger brother of Dumbledore. That's a spoiler. Um, so uh, I fell asleep right away again um, because it was so boring. But Eddie Redmayne has a brother relationship in the movie to his brother. And that's interesting. And there's an incredible scene at the end of the, towards the end of the movie where Johnny Depp is rallying his fascist supporters by pointing out that they need to basically take control of the human world through force in order to prevent what is to come, which is World War II, because he sees visions of the future through wizardry, which I thought, well, maybe they should have performed a coup on the world and kind of uh, taken charge. But um, an incredible scene with blue fire happens, which you'll have to watch, where lots of people um, die. I, I really enjoyed the ending of the movie, which led us to, I I think, what must have been Hogwarts. I think it was Hogwarts, because Dumbledore was there. Maybe it was some some somewhere else. I don't know. But it it um it just is I think this movie was the bridge to the third movie. And God only knows what's gonna happen in the third movie, but I'm really excited. Third movie I watched on the plane was uh about two-thirds of the Gilda Radner documentary, and I got to the part where she'd married Gene Wilder and started eating again, and um, I think she started to get sick, but then I, I didn't get, I didn't finish it, so I didn't, I didn't cry over that movie, although I did shed a tear or two during Bohemian Rhapsody during the Live Aid concert, shockingly, and I might have even shed, a, I think I shed a tear or two during uh, the Crimes of Grindelwald movie, but I can't for the life of me remember why. That's my, uh, JetBlue movie recap. I also ate um, two bags of Cheez-Its and a bag of cookies that look like mustaches. So I hope you all sleep well. I'm really glad to be home. New York is still a garbage place with insane public transport. And uh, but, you know, you can get from anywhere to anywhere eventually. Okay, I loves you. And whether this makes it onto a podcast or not. Um, I've enjoyed uh, telling you about stuff. Okay, bye. Uh, so tonight, I thought we would start with something a little different, um, because when I do shows and uh, there's a Q&A after, People come up to me after that Q&A and say, I wish that that Q&A would have gone on a lot longer. And um, it's weird to me, because when I go see shows and there's a Q&A, I never want to stay for it. But that's what people want from me, and I just can't do that right now. I'm really doing a lot. I'm doing this show, and in the fall, I did this big piece at the New Museum, and I have a premiere coming out of the kitchen in July, and I'm teaching part-time at Bar and at NYU, and I'm also touring through Europe, and I'm in two films, and there's this documentary being made right now, and we're totally across for French Vogue last night, so I'm out of that limit. So uh, I thought that I would throw out this thing, we could try that, which is I do the Q&A first, and that way you can get what you want, and I can kind of gear myself up into the show. So if that sounds good, then great, we'll just start with that. So let's take the first question right there. Yep, red hair and glasses, perfect. 
Hancock, how have you accomplished so much at such a young age? 